0: Hello and welcome to another episode of 99 Problems But A Boss Ain't One, the podcast that tackles your freelance challenges one episode at a time. I'm one of your co-hosts Katie Carlisle and I'm a freelance Squarespace web designer and trainer also known as Squarespace Queen.
1: My name's Michelle Pratt and I'm a personal development trainer and coach and my business is Dive Deeper Development.
0: And in today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to slow down. So for a lot of us, most of us, I'd say, lockdown has forced us to work differently. So whether that's less travel and fewer meetings or less client work in general, working from home all day, every day, spending more time with family. There's there's not many people anymore whose lives are the same as in a pre-pandemic world. And one of the things that we've noticed in conversations with other freelancers is that a lot of people have actually said that they've quite enjoyed working at a bit of a slower pace and having time to work on other projects. And one of the questions that people ask is, how are we going to keep this slower pace going after lockdown when things go back to normal, in inverted commas? So Michelle, why do you think slowing down is so appealing? I think, yeah, we live in such a
1: fast pace of of life normally that um, we just forget the joy of slowing down, but it's such a a good thing to do. I think it's also how we're naturally designed to live. I don't think we're supposed to be constantly switched on 24-7. I don't know about you, Katie, but I definitely during uh, the lockdown, um, as as difficult as that was, I really enjoyed um, just working at a slower pace. I enjoyed... Just small things, you know, just like uh, watching the birds in the garden and being able to identify them by their song. Like, I feel like that is something I should be able to do and things like this. Um, And just focusing on me and my well-being, spending more time with my wife and um, actually, yeah, putting more focus on my exercise. So slowing down um, almost forces you to bring certain things to the surface to reflect on things but it also uh, creates time and space for things that we like or enjoy that we wouldn't already have I think it makes us be a lot kinder to ourselves Uh, what about you Katie what have you enjoyed about going a little bit slower
0: yeah I think it takes the pressure off a lot and I mean it brings with it maybe a different type of pressure there's the financial pressure and we'll look at some of the barriers to slowing down a little bit later in this episode but i think for me it was just yeah almost taking the pressure off constantly having to do something and i'm the kind of person where if if i've kind of been told i have to do something it makes me not want to do it but if i'm told i don't have to do it i'm like oh, i'll do it now and so for me it worked really well um I remember a few, well, it's probably a couple of months ago now, there was one Monday and I kind of, you know, got ready to go do some work and was looking at what was coming up. And I looked and I realised on my task list, there was no client work, not just no client work due that day, not just no client work due that week, like literally if I had wanted to do any client work, I couldn't. And I did have some projects that were that were ongoing, but I, they were either waiting for feedback or waiting for input from the client, or maybe they hadn't quite started yet. And I was just like, oh, I don't really know what to do with myself because even when I haven't been working on client work, I've always had the kind of, I've always known it's there. And so I was like, oh, oh, okay. And so I like just went and did some exercise because I could. And I think that's what you were saying, Michelle, you know, you spend a bit more time thinking about, okay, well, if I don't have to do that thing today, what else? can i do um and so it's been really nice in that sense just to kind of feel like freer yeah i would
1: say i think also you you can like I was saying you bring things to the surface i think you do katie i think quite often in life our, our brain or our bodies give us signals which we should pay attention to so that we should you know uh, signals to slow down to look after our well-being to just enjoy doing nothing or just to do some exercise or we should spend more time with friends and i think under normal circumstances you probably hear people say these shoulds musts have tos ought tos you know i ought to be doing this i ought to be doing that and i think when you slow down i think you you tune into those signals you tune into your body and you tune into your environment so i was talking about hearing the birds sing you just become a bit more immersed in the moment and actually mentally and physically that's really good for you and I think the other thing it it, like I say it just brings certain things to the surface so that can be a good thing it can be quite scary but thoughts you've had ideas you had or even things you've maybe been putting off for a little bit because it seems a little bit easier to um, to not do those things, all of a sudden they've become to the forefront of your mind. And I do think that results in perhaps being a little bit kinder of yourself and taking the load off a little bit. Um, so I think that slowing down does feel good on, on every level.
0: Yeah, I think it's made me feel less stressed as well. So I think because I've had... bit more time available because I've had slightly less client work on and I've you know I've had fewer clients for training as well uh you know I've, I've not been doing as many workshops and things as I normally would so it's not just it's the time that I've got back but also things like travel time and things like that with that extra time I've been able to actually make inroads on stuff that's been on my list for a while so it maybe wasn't the super urgent stuff but you know like it's the urgent versus important like we've mentioned on previous podcasts I was actually able to start tackling some of the important stuff or some of the things that I'd like to do but were never a priority and so being able to actually see my to-do list decreasing in size definitely has made me feel less stressed.
1: I think it's about energy as well, isn't it? It, It's like, you're not just having the time to do stuff, but having the energy. Because I think even sometimes if you're very busy and we like to keep our lives pretty full, whether that be work or just when we're not working, doing, you know, our other obligations... I think that by the time you do get a spare hour, you just don't have the energy. So like we go away quite a lot weekends normally, and we've been saying for years, you know, really we should have more weekends at home. And so we spent more weekends exploring our local area and actually just spending time on the house and garden, which you should, it was always a thing we wanted to do, but we didn't have the time. And I think it's very easy to say you don't have the time, but um, it was the energy. Even when we did get the rare weekend off, we never wanted to spend the energy in that direction. So. It's um, been a good it's been a good lesson, healthier and, and just a nicer environment too.
0: And I think in, in addition to just having the energy, it's the mental space to think about something yeah. as well. It's that kind of having the time to reflect on something like and actually, you know, like I know I've put stuff off because I'm like, I haven't got time to, I haven't got the capacity to think about that now. I've got too many other thoughts going on in my head or too many other things that are taking my kind of cognitive processing away. And so I haven't got the time to look at that. Whereas in in lockdown, I've been able to, actually you know so i've like done my rebrand and you know launched my the new website so i I was previously under the business name of the wheel exists i've now moved now to be working under squarespace queen or sqsp queen so they don't sue me um but pronounced squarespace queen (laughs) and uh and even launching a new online magazine which is the side project i've been mentioning you know in in the last few months have actually launched it and we've done two issues now and that's going really well and so it's things like that which I don't think I don't know if they would have happened if it hadn't have been for lockdown they would have happened eventually but I don't think that have happened when they did when I wanted them to happen um and I think I would have then been beating myself up about not doing it and so it's been nice to have that time to work on other projects um and also just to spend time on my business as well. So we've talked in the past, um, I think it was episode 14, we talked about working on the business, not in the business. So, you know, moving away from that, the, the, the daily delivery and the daily kind of firefighting to actually looking at developing your work and strategizing and looking at where your business is going. And I think that's been really helpful as well.
1: Yeah. So I think there's lots of benefits then, Katie, to, to slowing down. You've mentioned some of yours. I've mentioned some of mine. Again, we're hearing from other freelancers that the joy of just going that little bit slower. It sounds like that's something that people want to keep that we've spoken to. But I also know that as um, our restrictions start to ease and people already slipping in to their old routine, and I think there's a real danger that we do that. So what do you think some of the barriers are? Too slowing down, given that
0: everyone has said that they think it's it's such a good thing? I think money is one of the first ones. Um, I think that's been something that, you know, everybody who has had less client work has been aware of a, a corresponding drop mostly in their in their income. But I think that it's also allowed us to realise that maybe we don't have to spend as much as we were doing before. And so I think some people coming out of lockdown could you know, maybe in a financial position to stay working a bit slower and stay taking on less work because they've realised that there are ways for them to cut their expenditure that they don't need. So, you know, now online meetings are a bit more common. Do we need to travel and all the costs incurred with that and things like that? But I think definitely money is a barrier. It's interesting,
1: Kate, for me, I actually ended up, Earning more, more money during that because obviously a lot of my training, I do a lot of online training. Of course, demand for that surged, but um, but even for me, money was a barrier to slowing down. So I ended up busier in, in my work life, uh, but managed to slow down in my personal life. But even uh, oh, e- even earning more, it was like, well, I better earn more now because there might be an economic crash, or I better earn more now while I can. Part of it was wanting to keep people happy as well. Like clients, um, they, my clients, their customers were, were needed them and i wanted to support them to support their customers and so i could see that people had a need and i wanted to help so maybe there's a little bit of a superhero sticking your superhero cape on and wanting to be the uh, as a friend of mine says the sexy firefighter coming in to save the day <laughs> um he said people like being firefighters because firefighters are sexy and there is a, some truth to that i think um so yeah definitely wanting to provide the, the help but also earn the money while it's there. And I think probably, especially in in the downtime, there is a bit of a scarcity mindset maybe. So yeah, scarcity mindset, but also maybe a little bit of ego too.
0: Yeah, and I think if you haven't slowed down, it's probably hard to imagine that you could be okay financially. If you're used to earning a certain amount whilst being busy, it's very hard to then have the, almost take that leap of faith that you can still earn enough, and slow down and I think that's something that's a bit of a mindset mindset shift that people need to have as well and lockdown almost kind of forced that on people so that we were like, do you know what we've got through it and maybe it's been, I'm sure it's been really really tough for people and you know, I'm very lucky that I was eligible for some of the government support, I know not everybody has been and so I know there are people for whom actually it's much slower than they would like Um, and so, but I think that we've we've found most of us have able to find a way through it whether that's making use of that time to do something that we wouldn't otherwise have spent time on with you know do a new side project or whatever but I do think that money is a big worry for people of like you say either can we manage now but also will we have enough in the future if we slow down now you know it's that almost if we slow down will we slow down too much how do you how do you balance that but I think totally like you were saying as well for me it's people pleasing so that's Like, you know, like if I've, if I've kind of got my calendar and I've got a client that gets in touch or someone that wants some training, especially at the moment when, you know, if they're getting in touch to say like, oh, I really want to get my business launched before people start kind of going back to to work or what have you. um, Can you fit me in? And i go oh actually i've not got anything available until whenever and they go oh are you sure you've not got anything and i'll be like okay fine have all of my time take it away from me is
1: it like people that go up to retailers and go could you just check in the back we're out of stock could you just check in the
0: back <laughs>
1: yeah let me just check in the back
0: yeah so i think definitely saying yes too much and um and going and checking in the back rather than just doing a loop around the store um is is one of the problems and, and if that's something that you find that you have problems with as well I think uh, we did um a, a whole episode on saying no um at episode 17 so if you struggle with saying no then we have discussed that in quite a lot of depth um earlier um I think for other people as well people at least perceive demanding clients as a barrier to slowing down um so Sometimes they might be demanding clients. I think sometimes it might just be that you've not set expectations with those clients. So they're free to kind of set their own timescales and stuff I don't know what you think about that Michelle
1: yeah demanding I think sometimes clients are demanding and they they are demanding but sometimes I think we train them to be demanding by let's say checking out back for a bit of spare time Mm. and actually things maybe could be different but until that's tested like you say sometimes Kate it does take a big event or something major to, to cause us to test that relationship but quite often those relationships are tested they normally survive it I think the other one for me probably is um, just safe. So I, I call them well. I call them safe problems. I did a coaching course where where we called uh, these safe problems, and and this idea that there are quality problems, so things that are going to meaningfully affect the course of your life so what do i do with my life what do i do with my business so a bit like your rebrand katie um so big stuff that's gonna you know make you happier make you more money give you a better quality of life and then of course there's safe safe problems and um by this i mean problems which we kind of want to hold on to because they're safe um and they're familiar and they seem like a good excuse so for me katie the, the classic one has always been I would love to do that, but I haven't got time. Or I'd love to create something new, but I haven't got time. Or yes, I should do more of that, but I haven't got time.
0: Or I've got to do the research first. I can't yeah. just put it out there. I need to make sure that blah, blah, blah. Or I need yeah. to check
1: with this. Or I can't do it because I'm not you know qualified enough yet. And they're really easy problems to solve because you know what to do. You know how to do it. All you've got to do is get your backside in gear. And I think sometimes we hold on to them because they feel, yeah, safe, familiar. They're a good excuse. And I think sometimes we don't slow down because we we, te- we tell ourselves we're too busy. And of course, if we let go of the I'm too busy excuse or I'm not ready excuse, then of course, we would never slow down, reflect, strategize. Um, that stuff's ambiguous. It's kind of scary. It's complicated and it's very easy to put off. So I think wallowing in safe problems rearranging the deck chairs on the titanic sometimes it stops us from just taking that step back that we know we should take
0: yeah and i think that there's a lot of emphasis in society around oh if you're busy then you're successful and so i think that infiltrates the mindset as long as we're doing something as long as we're busy we're doing well we're doing okay no one's going to judge us and think we're lazy and actually that's probably another barrier is other people's perception of us as lazy or not working hard enough or or anything like that this 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 this
1: idea for productivity as well I was chatting to a guy we're doing a coaching course together he said Michelle you can coach me he said um yeah so what it is I get up first thing in the morning I go to go to the gym for an hour I then uh work all day come home feed my kids feed myself uh I then go on do some more work I then do my study he said um and then uh, it's about nine o'clock he said then I just don't have the energy to do my music he said I don't know why I'm so lazy you know (laughs) I want to be more productive I was like mate, you have, you have done exercise, you have fed your house, you have fed, looked after your family, you have done your work. Like, how, many, how much do you think you fit in a day? And I think there's got this idea that we shouldn't have dead time. And I think that's nonsense as well. So I think it, it there's a lot of pressure to not slow down and always to be going faster, doing more. But what can we do to slow down if we, uh, if we haven't done so already? How can we find that space, do you think?
0: I think the first thing we can do is just experiment. And I think, you know, you don't have to go from doing everything at 90 miles an hour to a screeching halt and just sitting in a hammock all day long. You can just do it bit by bit and try and experiment with different areas of your life. And so... Look for, maybe look for the low hanging fruit. You know, where are the areas where it will be easier for you to slow down? But also experiment with those barriers that we've just mentioned. So if you think that money could be a barrier to you slowing down, could you try putting your prices up? If it's not across the board, could you just try it for one of the services that you offer? Could you... Reduce your outgoings as well. Yeah, exactly. Reduce your outgoings. Could you add a new product that, you know, that doesn't take as much of your time to deliver? you know, because I know a lot of people say, oh, I can't put my prices up because all my clients are on retainer. And so that, and we've got a contract for X amount of time and what have you. But that's not to say that you can't also introduce a new product to a new market that has no idea what your prices are. So there's always ways to think about creatively, either, like you say, increasing your, your income or decreasing your outgoing. So are there subscriptions that you don't actually use, whether they're work or personal ones? um you know are you paying too much for your energy can you switch that there's lots of ways where you can switch change you know be creative and work out how to get to a point where money is less of a barrier so it doesn't have to be straight away but it's even like you know can you work towards saying if you had this amount of money saved you would then take this amount of time for yourself. And not
1: just money either, Katie. It's time. So I put a post on LinkedIn yeah. recently. Um, I was doing a course, running a course about meetings and I was asking people about how many hours a week do they spend in, or a month they spend in meetings. And a lot of these people on the, on the session were telling me that actually their meetings have halved during lockdown and actually they're no less effective. So when I asked people to rate the effectiveness of their meetings, it was either the same or it was better and they said things that they had always taken for granted. So these regular meetings and, and just stupid stuff, you know, some people said, well, look, in order to get these senior people, we need time in their diary, or in order to get the meeting room booked, we have to have that in the diary. And because we've gone to the trouble of getting the per- the people and their time is precious, and because we've got this physical room booked, we have the meeting whether we need it or not. And so a lot of these <laughs> recurring meetings suddenly just came out of the diary, they were no longer a priority or the, the whole absurd room booking thing was just wasn't really a thing. And it's like you say, Kate, okay, if you test the boundaries, you know, what if you, um, what if you didn't have it? What would would the world stop? And I asked them. The world is still turning. I'm assuming you're still productive. And they said, yeah, prob- probably more so. So we take it for granted that these things are needed. And maybe they were at some point, but is that still the case? And I think, Katie, you told the story in one of the previous episodes about um, the four-hour work week. What's
0: I was about to say
1: that. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I forgot his name
0: tim ferris that's it yeah yeah so that 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 was about to say that exact anecdote of in, in his book the four hour work week tim ferris talks about how he got to a point of being able to work remotely but he didn't just go straight to kind of going into his boss and say right i want to work from a different country and work flexible hours and stuff he did it gradually and challenged the boundaries and challenge the barriers so the first thing he did was he went and sat at a coffee shop that was like at the bottom of the building where he worked. So if he, if people came by and he wasn't at his desk, they got into the habit of sending him a message on their company chat um, software instead. And so he just ended up spending more and more time in this coffee shop. But so that if he was needed, if if you know somebody expected him to be there in person, he could just run up and be there in person. But he kind of basically trained them to not need him to be physically there. And he also found that he was doing more better work and so he was then able to present a really convincing case to his boss to say look i've delivered better and no one's really missed me so can i now like formally try and do this and that was how he started so i think just even if you could you maybe set an out of office for a day two days maybe even a week you know if you go on holiday you probably don't think twice about setting an out of office and then your clients just have to deal with that. Even if you maybe do do work whilst you're away, you're probably doing less work and you are slowing down because you don't have the time whilst you're on holiday to do the same amount of work you normally would. So could you do that whilst you're at home? Could you put an out of office on to say, I'm not available for a couple of days, you know, if you were at a meeting or in training or something, you wouldn't be available. So why, why is it any different that your client doesn't have to know what you're doing? You can just say, I'm not available, um, you know, if it's urgent, please contact me via whatever. Um so you could try that just to start and just see what happens. You know, if you have your out of office on one day a week, what happens? If you have a half a day a week, what happens? Um and try saying no. Just just try like look at what your barriers are and just try kind of nudging them a little bit and see what happens. Um and I Think that can be really effective,
1: yeah. And on that one, Katie, I, I've said this before, but book a meeting with yourself as well. So, I, um, when I worked in a physical building, used to just take the first 10 15 minutes of every day, took myself off to a soft seating area, and just did my bit, did my plans, mate, slowed down out of the before the chaos began, and just so it physically took myself to a different environment and just got my head together and started to plan so i could go things a bit more organized a bit more strategically and i didn't see that as dead time i saw that as productive time and i've kind of missed my commute into the city on the two days a week that i go into manchester and i've missed not having those train journeys to do some of that stuff and so what i found myself doing is almost creating an artificial commute time if you like in my house (laughs) from my (laughs) from my bedroom to my kitchen and and again just like say katie just just taking time to do it and just see if that makes you go faster instead of slower even though you're going at a slower pace
0: yeah i really like that idea of almost starting off with a you know if you can get as close to a blank canvas as possible and then build up from scratch from there what you actually need you know it's like when you move house you have a tendency, like you were, you were t- saying before the podcast, Michelle. You were talking about when you moved from um, Norwich, you moved from Norwich up here, and there were certain things that you were just doing by default, and you hadn't really questioned whether you still needed to do them. And I think that's the same if you know you move house, you just bring this stuff with you without really questioning it. Whereas actually it's much nicer if you actually then start as, with a blank canvas and bring in just the things that you need, um, you know, say, keep things in boxes and just unpack what you need. And then if you haven't used that other stuff after a while, then you know you can get rid of it. I think that's the same with work. So if you can almost kind of remove as much as possible and then build it up again, you'll probably find that you have less stuff that you've put in rather than stuff that you just inherited, like those clients that you were talking about, Michelle. Yeah,
1: and you know, I mentioned on a previous episode, I was reading Marie Kondo's Joy at Work, and um, and you know, the she was applying the Marie Kondo method of, or the KonMari method of getting everything out of the, you know, like the clothes, everything out of the wardrobe, put them on the beds and then sort out, chuck stuff out. I, you know, does it bring me joy? She suggests that approach for work, and you could do it too, like literally um your meetings your task lists all these things you know if you might want to as you say start with a blank canvas and then just get rid of everything and then only bring stuff back in if it really brings you joy or adds value to put it another way that's a great way of looking at it
0: too and i think another thing you can do is if you're if you're feeling a bit anxious about kind of completely decluttering certain elements of your work or your work commitments then you can have a a not doing now list. And I can't remember where I first heard this, that might even have been Tim Ferriss that mentioned this as well. Um, But the idea is you've got a list of things where you're, you're actively saying, I'm not doing this at the moment, but you're not saying you're never gonna do them. But it's almost by kind of specifically parking them somewhere, you're kind of giving your brain permission to not have to think about them for a moment, because you know they're on a list somewhere, you know that if you need to refer back to them, you can. And so having a not doing now list and just sort of saying no, not just to people or clients, but to projects or ideas, that can really help free up mental space as well.
1: Yeah, I I do like that, Katie. In in the training world, we've had that for years. We call it the car park. If someone raises an issue with the training room, which can't be dealt with there, we stick it on the car park. So they know that we haven't forgotten about it, but we're just not entertaining that shit today.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And I think as well, if you're trying to slow down, you're probably probably still at the point where you've got urgent tasks. And so we're not saying just jettison those. So tackle your urgent tasks, but try not to add any more urgent tasks into the mix. So again, can you put things in the car park? Can you say no or not now? Or, you know, put them, set a deadline for them, but that's in the future so that you don't have as much urgent firefighting work that you have to do. Because I think that's one of the things that, stops us from slowing down is having a huge list of urgent tasks, but go through them and check they are actually urgent, you know, make sure, see if you can renegotiate any of those tasks to give yourself a bit more time and space. But if, the, if, if you sort of get to the point where you know what you're going to do for each of your urgent tasks, but to have a more strict rule about bringing more urgent tasks into the mix. Sometimes obviously you can't control it, but if you can maybe plan time into your day to deal with those urgent tasks, and then have other time in your day where you can slow down a bit, then at least you're kind of keeping them constrained a little bit. I think the final thing I'd say is probably, we often set priorities and goals and targets for work, but we don't always do that for outside of work either. So if you've got work goals and targets and you're very focused on meeting them to the detriment of the rest of your time and slowing down, set priorities for outside of your work as well. So, you know, have 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 a goal around exercise or make spending time with your family a priority or maybe not if you are sick of them after lockdown <laughs> yeah I, I yeah i was having predictions about the divorce rates
1: uh, and the divorce rate wasn't i i but I, I think you're right about the priorities outside of work katie I, I generally find that those things go out the window when you get busy again so i think if you put those as set those as priorities on the to-do list the task list however you manage your productivity if that if, if you schedule your personal life alongside your work life and make those equal priorities you're more likely to keep the time for things that you you really love and enjoy
0: so michelle if we've managed to slow down a little bit then how can we keep that pace up or i guess i should say pace down um (laughs) and not slip back into old habits after lockdown or even even in a non-lockdown world how do we keep that slowing down pace and not let our stuff get effectively cluttered again
1: yeah i think that's the danger isn't it katie that we slip back into old habits and it's really tempting i've been going out for the first time in a long time and even i'm tempted now to go to go back one of the things i did at the beginning of lockdown was to create three lists so one was like a, a short-term to-do list but i kept uh, a track of all my successes one was the things to do when covid19 is over so things that have been put off like dentist appointments or big projects and then also kept a list of things that I'd learned or things that I want to keep. So things like journaling or even just keeping a note of things that you've enjoyed and looking back in it and go, right, it's been a tough time. But what are some of the habits that I've had to develop that I really want to keep um, and see if you can just make a note of those. And then I would earmark time for those and take, you know, proactive steps to make sure you keep them so if in the place of your commute let's say you've kept some exercise in or perhaps you've had more time for healthy eating or perhaps you've had more time for marketing and actually keeping up client conversations ringing people checking in with people or you've made more of an effort to uh develop some of your support network and make sure that you you know you're looking after each other and you've really got value from that if you recognize it as important then earmark time for it so stick it in the diary um make it a thing and you know compare your values and this is the other thing katie i think is that whenever we put something in the diary there is always an opportunity cost something gets taken out and even if that time isn't blocked for something there was something else, as we've discovered, you could have always been doing with that time, whether it's just pottering about, staring out a window, which is all good, of course, uh, doing a bit of exercise or spending more time with our partners or friends. So I think if these things are important to you, value them and then consider what are you going to take out the diary or what are you not going to let back in in order to make sure you keep time for that so keep create a boundary around it and and make sure you've got time for it i think the other thing perhaps is perhaps just we were discussing this before katie and i was doing a time management course this week and one of the tips was to only schedule about 80 percent of your time don't schedule your whole diary Um, leave you know a good 20 percent or just 10 percent if you can for the unexpected or for just you know for you if you've got bonus time make sure it's there but that way you've always you never have to go at that crazy pace you've planned for the unplannable you've planned for the the contingency so that would be my my main suggestion katie just what do you want to keep and then make sure you yeah. make it a priority
0: and i think that's really interesting what you're saying about like you know you if you put something in the calendar that means that there's not space for something else and it's that thing of you know we mentioned this in the saying no episode of if if you say yes to a client or if you say yes to some kind of work commitment you're effectively saying no to something else so whenever you're trying to balance that kind of people pleasing saying no think like but, but what am i effectively saying no to if i take this project on and is it time with my family and is that you know, is that what I want? To, you know, what would I rather have the money from this or time with the family? So I think comparing things can be really helpful. Um, I think one of the things that you and I have both independently been big fans of is the idea of doing um, big rocks first when you're doing planning. And I know that's something you reminded me of in our last coaching session. And I was very grateful for that reminder. Um, I think so that the idea, if you haven't come across it, is if you imagine a jar and you've got to fill it up with, um, rocks and pebbles and sand and water and if you start with the water and the sand and the pebbles it's very hard to fit the rocks in but if you put the rocks in first everything else flows around it and the rocks are kind of the priority tasks what's really important to you and so what you'll find is sometimes you'll get people going oh yeah well this thing is really important to me but then you'll look at their daily calendar or you'll you know look at how they've spent their time and that's always the last thing that they get to and they don't always have time for it and so then you have to kind of go okay well am i doing that you know so i always say oh you know my exercise is really important but it was always a sort of oh if i've got time at the end of the day thing and so i've tried to flip that on its head to actually say exercise is a priority for me and that's the thing i do above everything else and i you know i will if a client wants to have a meeting and if i've got the time planned for exercise i say no that time is not available and, you know, I've still had days where I haven't really wanted to do exercise and so I haven't necessarily always done it. But I found that having, having that time saying that it's priority and saying on my calendar that it's a priority has made me feel less guilty about taking time to do it. And I think that's been really freeing for me. So I think that that idea of big rocks first is really good. Yeah.
1: Um, and I think I think that's a, all of this is habit as well, Katie. So when I say, you know, reflecting on what you want to keep or these good habits that you've got, whether it's been cooking, exercise, you know, getting your marketing done, your networking. The, the it, There is habit. We've You've mentioned a habit book before. I've mentioned uh, Habits of a Happy Brain and All of these things we're talking about, how do you protect them? How do you stop yourself slipping back into your old habits? And the thing about habits is you can't break them. All you can do is forge newer, stronger habits. So if you've developed a practice over the last three or four months, which is really working for you, but you're going to go back into a shared office or you're going to go back face-to-face with clients soon, may I suggest that um, you not only make time and put these in these diaries, but you keep it and... um, the book I, I was reading, which is Graziano, uh, Br- I think her name is Briding, she says you've got to keep th- keep things going for 45 days solid to develop the habit. And she says if you break it, then you have to go back to day one. So do, do all this, you know, your big rocks first, Katie, but I think repeat it, repeat it to it become second nature is the, the way to make sure you'll keep it as well.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think another thing that can help with that is having some kind of accountability, whether that's joining there's various online accountability groups you can join, um but even just having somebody like a business coach or a friend or uh you know another freelancer or something who can be an accountability partner for you and who, you know, that you know, you if you both have goals or things that you want to achieve, you can help to keep each other on track. So one of our friends, Sarah, um, recently wrote a post for my, um, my magazine, Ownbeat, um, all about dealing with ha- you know how she's coping with different habits and kicking bad habits and how her habits changed in lockdown. And she was saying about how she'd been wanting to write a book for ages, she'd never managed to do more than about a thousand words a year for the last five years. But during lockdown, she wrote 36,000 words and she was really worried about, am I going to be able to keep this up after I start getting client work again? So she's found another writer who is, and they're doing a partnership where they keep each other accountable to keep that momentum going. So I think, it, you know it doesn't have to be anything formal or, or complicated but just somebody you can check in with somebody you can say oh do you know what? i'm really struggling at the moment with this actually what how are you managing um i think that can really help
1: yeah i, I like that idea of that accountability but also if she said you know how do i make sure I, you know, I, I don't slip into that old habit. If, if you really want to write that book, my question would be, why wouldn't you keep it up? And again, that's what we're talking about with that priority. If it's that important to you, and it sounds like that's a, you know, a fantastic thing, then definitely don't don't let it do you know what I mean it's very easy to blame other yeah. things. I was talking to a friend today and she was, she said someone had said to her lockdown hasn't been kind to me and we talk about this concept of other things not allowing you or other things not being kind to you as actually is it that other things are stopping you or is it that you have allowed them to so I don't mean that in a really punitive blame yourself kind of way I just mean recognise that it's within our gift to, to stick to these things but I love that accountability idea and like we say whether it's a network group a coaching relationship Uh, just a buddy system anything that will keep you on track is good
0: yeah and it's not something that i think i would necessarily do but actually you could even do something like if you know if this is something you think would work for for you when you've had say a week or a day where you've managed to do you've managed to keep things slow you've managed to kind of spend your time how you wanted to Maybe write a little letter to yourself or record a video or something that you can watch when you're struggling to remind yourself of how it feels because i think sometimes we forget quite quickly why like you were saying michelle you know remind yourself what you enjoyed um i think we forget how good it feels when we do take the time to slow down and so with you know the memory fades and so if, if you can kind of find a way to capture that sort of motivate yourself again by reminding yourself how good it felt i think that could be one way to do it as well
1: yeah i, I like you say katie vi- yeah, any way to capture it: video blogging journaling anything but uh get playing that back is, you know i like the idea of recording a message to your to your future self when you're all kind of bright-eyed and bushy-tailed i think that's quite quite fun fab
0: so we always end the episode on Um, our kind of top tips that we want to take from this um, this particular topic so Michelle if you could just do one thing to help to to work or live in a, a slower pace what would it be?
1: I think Katie you mentioned there just testing the boundaries and experimenting and I think that would be it just allow yourself to to try some of these things or try as we slip into the new world slip into back into our old way of working then perhaps maybe just bring some of these new practices these new habits that you've developed that slower pace and just test it out in in what in the kind of i'm going to use air quotes on the podcast again nor- normality <laughs> and try it on for size and you may have to tweak it but i think that's the way to do it katie test it It, it normally with a bit of tweaking and a bit of uh, iteration we
0: can normally find a way to work it into our lives okay well that was totally going to be mine as well good so <laughs> Um, Instead, uh, my second choice would probably actually be um, a bit like you were saying with the Marie Kondo book, actually, um, of do a bit of an audit of what's working and what's not working and look at what you can take away in order to create more space. And don't feel that you have to fill that space with anything just yet either. Um, That's probably what I would suggest. Uh, So, as always, we'd love to hear how you've been getting on have you found that you've been working at a slower pace um, as, as we've been locked down do you expect that to change as we're sort of gradually emerging from it um, and if you've got any suggestions or tips for our listeners then please get in touch we're on twitter at 99 problems cast that's the number 99 problems and then cast as in podcast that's all from 99 problems but boss ain't one